Well, we're in a series called The Talking Church, and I want to uh, continue on with that. Last week, we talked about uh, the power of prayer, and we began that conversation about uh, when the Lord is calling us in seasons just like we're in, and I want to continue on this idea of prayer, and I want to take it um, at least uh, this week and maybe even one more week, but I really want to build your faith, and I'm, I'm really calling the church to pray. We we absolutely in this season need to be praying. And uh, for you that maybe don't know, I'm, I'm getting on Facebook live a lot, Instagram live a lot, just worshiping, praying, receiving communion. And so make sure you're following us on that as well so that you can pray with us and engage with us in that way. Uh, but this is a real season of prayer. I believe this is a, a moment where the body of Christ must rise up in prayer. And I just want to remind you, today of the importance of prayer. This is what James chapter 5 verse 16 says. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then the text goes on to say, and then when he prayed again, it did rain. And I just want you to catch that. Elijah was a human just like us, a man just like us, a, a person just like us. He wasn't uh, some superhero, didn't have some kind of superpower. He was just like us. And yet when he prayed, and that is the distinguishing mark of a powerful church and a powerful Christian. A powerful Christian is a praying Christian. A powerful church is a praying church. And can I tell you what is going to sustain you through this season and not just this season, but seasons ahead, there's going to be really great seasons ahead. There's going to be some challenging seasons ahead. Can I tell you what is going to sustain you? It's going to be your prayer life, y'all. And so I want you to catch this in your heart. Elijah was just like us. He was no more special or called than anyone who's watching this right now. And yet he prayed. And so we must be a people of prayer. Look at Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Peter was in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Peter was in prison, but the church prayed. Now we know if you've ever read the book of Acts that another uh, apostle, another preacher, James, had just died in prison. And so now the church is praying for Peter. They had just lost James and they said, we must step up our prayer life in this moment. We must pray for Peter and believe God for a miracle. Can I tell you, that is where the church is right now. We, we have a lot going on. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about our world. Our world is in desperate need of a praying church. Now, can I tell you something? The church, the body of Christ, is going to pray our world through this crisis. And we won't get the credit for it. And they're not going to celebrate us on the news. And they're not going to talk about it in mainstream media. But I promise you, the only thing keeping back the gates of hell from this world is a praying church. And so Peter was in prison, but the church prayed. This coronavirus is covering the earth right now. Economies are tanking. But the church is going to pray and the church is going to push back the darkness. I love that word, but it is a conjunction. It's used to introduce a phrase or clause contrasting and contradicting 
with what has already been mentioned. And so something is going on and then you place a but there to contradict and contrast what has already been said or what has already happened. Can I tell you right now, that is what we need. We need a praying church that one day in heaven, it will be recorded that in 2020, this virus struck and the world was literally falling apart and fear was gripping the nations, but the church prayed and they brought a contradicting word to the fear and to the doubt and to the unbelief and to the sickness and to the death that is ravaging nations. The church must pray now like never before. And I'm calling City Light Church to be a people of prayer. Prayer releases a contradicting statement to the plan of the enemy. Prayer creates a contrasting reality. Prayer contradicts the desire of the devil and releases the kingdom of God in the earth. We must pray and we must pray in this season like never before. And I'm asking you to pray with me. And so we know that prayer is powerful and I know that prayer changes things. And I know even more importantly, prayer changes me. And so I'm going to give you five prayers today that I want you to pray every day. And then what we're going to do over this week, uh, starting tomorrow on Monday, is we're going to pray one of these prayers every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I'm going to lead you in these prayers. And I believe they're going to be really powerful, but I'm going to teach on them just a little bit today. And especially in this season, this is such an important moment for us to pray um, and to really go after God. I can't, I can't say it enough. I'm calling us to pray, y'all. I'm calling us to set things aside like never before and call upon God. And of course, we need to be praying for the nation. Of course, we need to be praying for our, uh, our um, leaders and government. We need to be praying for doctors and first responders and nurses. Uh, but we also need to be praying that God would do a great work in us through this season as well. And so here's the five prayers that I want you to begin to pray uh, every day. And um, I really believe it's going to do something powerful in your heart. Here's the first one. Lord, reveal your love to me. Lord, reveal your love to me. Uh, there are many things about this moment that could cause us to lose our confidence, that could cause fear and unbelief. And uh, we're in very uncertain times, very uh, shaky times. Hebrews 12 tells us that anything that can be shaken, it will be shaken. And that's how it feels right now. We're in a real shaking in our world. It's not even that God caused it or even that the devil caused it. It's just that we're in a broken, fallen world and, um, and a very contagious disease is beginning to spread around our world. And because of that, things are shaking. Economies are shaking. People's security is shaking. In the midst of all of this, you must be so confident in God's love for you. You, you must be at rest in one thing for sure. God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? There, there might be a lot of things against me, but one, one person I know is not against me 
is God. You have to get this in your heart because in this season where there's so much fear and there's so much panic and there's so much worry and, um, and the stock market is up and it's down and it's all around and it, it, it is crazy in this moment and people are dying and, and um, every news report seems a little different. I mean, it just, it just seems so unsure. You must be sure of one thing. God loves you. And so you must pray, Lord, reveal your love to me. Psalm 34, 5 says this, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. So I want you to get that in your heart, that God wants you to be bold and radiant and absolutely confident in how much he loves you. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts and you will trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. And I want you to capture this. I want you to really get this in your spirit right now. Paul says, I need you to understand how much God loves you, but it's not going to happen by head knowledge. He goes, I'm praying for this to happen. And church, I want you to pray this as well. Father, would you reveal to me how wide, how long how high, how deep your love is for me. He goes on to say, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. This, is, this isn't just some mental ascent. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness and power that comes from God. I'm asking you to pray, Lord, reveal your love to me. Let me just remind you of Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation. There is not a guilty sentence against you for those who were in Christ Jesus. I don't know how you're feeling about yourself right now. I don't know if you're feeling like, man, I've just made so many mistakes and I just feel like I've let God down. You can't let God down. <laughs> you can't let him down because he knows everything. <laughs> he is not surprised by our weakness, by our frailty, by our mistakes. There is no condemnation. I'm, I'm trying to get this in your spirit because while everything around us is so uh, unsecure, while everything around us seems to be shaking and falling apart, I just need you to know today that God is for you. God is with you. God loves you. God is committed to you and God is not going anywhere. He is committed to you. He's committed to your spiritual development. He's committed to you becoming who he has called you to be. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19 says it like this. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we can set our hearts at rest in his presence. I want you to capture that. No matter what's going on around us in, in our world right now, in our nation right now, wherever you're watching this, we can set our hearts at rest. A lot of, lot of unrest, a lot of stuff going on. 
but my heart can be at rest. Now notice what he goes on to say, verse 20. And even if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. I want you to have confidence before God. And even if your heart or your imagination or your mind or, or your soul is trying to condemn you and you're just remembering all the mistakes you've made, friend, God is greater than our hearts. And so we can be at rest in his presence, even, even in this season of our world. Lord, reveal your love to me. Number two, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Look at Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. See, you have a destiny and God has a plan. But way more than your destiny being a destination or a vocation or a certain amount of money or, or a gift or a talent, more than that, your destiny is for God to transform you into the image of Jesus. See, the number one destiny that I have, destination that I have, Jabin Chavez, is not to be a, just a pastor, it's not just to lead City Light, it's not to um, lead our church into a fruitful ministry, my number one destiny between me and God is God wants me to look more like Jesus. And in this season, I'm saying, God, anything in me that's got to go, let it go. God, change me. I don't want to come out of this coronavirus uh, challenge that we're in right now. I don't want to come out of it the same person. I'm asking God that in this season, God, would you do something deep in me? Romans 8, 29, those he foreknew, he also predestined. Think about that. He predestined, he destined. God has a destiny for you, a destination for you. What is it? To be conformed into the image of his son. God's number one goal is for you to look more like Jesus, your older brother. This is what God is doing in my life. This is what God is doing in your life. This is God's number one objective to conform you, to transform you, to mold you into the image of Jesus. And here's my job, to let him do that work in me. Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse five says, then God's message came to me. Can't I, uh, can't I do just as the potter does people of Israel? God's decree. Watch this potter. In the same way that this potter works his clay, I work on you, people of Israel. God says that in the same way that a potter works his clay and molds his clay and shapes his clay, God goes, that's what I'm doing with you. But it is our job to get on the potter's wheel. It is our job to allow the potter to do whatever he wants to do. Lord, change me. Any attitude, correct me. Any, any uh, 
doubt and unbelief, drive it out of me. Any fear that I'm holding on to, I want to get rid of it. Any unforgiveness, any bitterness, any hatred, any prejudice, any racism, any lust, any greed. God, in this season, I am asking, I am going on the potter's wheel. And Holy Spirit, I'm surrendering to you. God, change me. I repent of my sin. I want to turn away from that. I want to turn to you. Oh, this is a season, friend, where God can grab a hold of who you are. He can grab a hold of your heart and he can do a transformational work in your life. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him to do that. He's not going to harm you. He's not going to hurt you, but he does want to help you. Don't let this moment pass by without letting God do something great on the inside of you. I've said for, for years and years that before God does something um, through you, he really wants to do something in you. And friend, I'm telling you in this moment, this season, I'm, I'm begging you to ask God to change you. Get on the potter's wheel and let him do whatever he wants to do in your life. Lord, change me. Here's, here's number three. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. This is truly an amazing moment in history. It's an amazing moment in modern history. And um, we haven't had a moment like this in our nation in many years where we have so much time. Most of you who are watching this are currently not working. You're currently at home. You're currently in quarantine. You're currently on some kind of lockdown in your city, whether that's for my City Light fam here in Vegas or uh, many other cities around the world. You, you have all of this time. And yet we also have these phones that are just always right there, huh? And so we, we have this really incredible opportunity that we can easily miss. We can get really quiet and we can allow God to speak to us or we can get really distracted and the choice is ours. You know, I noticed uh, this week that my little, uh, my little stat thing popped up on my phone and it said, your screen time is up and it's way up. It's like hours up. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. And a lot of it is justifiable. I'm texting people. I'm calling people. I'm emailing people. I mean, we're in so much communication right now, but I don't, I don't want to miss this quiet moment that I can have right now with God. So I'm praying, Lord, speak to me. Lord, talk to me. I just want to ask anyone who's watching me right now, do you need a word from God? Because if you do, I promise you, God is more than willing to speak to you. I would actually submit he is talking. You're just going to have to get quiet enough to hear. God wants to speak to you in this season. He wants to give you ideas, creativity, direction, he wants to speak to you about your personal life, about relationships, about your professional life. What, what is your life going to look like after this crisis? Why don't you get a word from God right now so that when we get back to quote unquote normal life, you're not just kind of going back to survive, but you actually have a word from heaven for your future. 
So now when God speaks to us, he really speaks to us in three ways. He speaks to us, number one, by his word, by his written word, the Bible. That's the number one way that God speaks to us. And every other way that God speaks to you has to be judged by that word. So if we're praying, Lord, speak to me, I cannot pray, Lord, speak to me with a closed Bible. I've got to be in the word, going after God, reading the word. And then my prayer is, Lord, speak to me through your word. God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit, by that whisper from heaven. And again, we know that that whisper from heaven is going to line up with the scripture. The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you to do something opposite of what he's already written in his word. And don't forget that the word of God has been authored by the Holy Spirit. Paul told Timothy that very clearly. And then God speaks to us through godly wisdom, great relationships. This is a time to dialogue with people, to talk with people, to bounce ideas off with people. And, and it's time to pray and think about, man, what is God speaking to me in this season? Lord, speak to me. I'm telling you, God wants to speak to you. So here's how I open up my heart. I, I pray this just about every week at, at City Light. But here's really my prayer. It's from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm asking the Lord, speak to me, lead me, guide me, correct me, encourage me, discipline me, whatever you've got to do, Lord. I'm listening for that word. Give me an idea. Give me a strategy. Give me creativity. Give, give whatever it is, Lord. I'm getting quiet enough to hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. I want, as we wrote in that one song that we just, uh, just recorded, Overflow, I want everything heaven has for me. God, if you're saying it, I want it. And don't be afraid of the voice of the Lord because God is so kind, he's so gracious. And everything that he says to you is for your benefit, not for your destruction. Isaiah 42 verse three says it like this. He won't brush aside the bruised and he won't hurt and he won't disregard the small and insignificant, but he'll steadily and firmly set things right. Oh friend, I'm telling you, God wants to speak to you. I know God wants to speak to me and I am expecting clear words from heaven to come out of this season. And I already feel like I've gotten some and I'm expecting more in the days to come. I'll, I'll quickly give you these scriptures. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Here's Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. You sh uh, your ear shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left hand. I'm just telling you, God wants to speak to you. Lord, speak to me. Number four, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. Javen, is it really like an appropriate time to ask God to bless me? Absolutely, now more than ever. Blessing is not like just, I got a new car or I got a check in the mail or uh, someone did something for me. That's, that, that is a part of blessing, but blessing is 
truly when the hand of the Lord comes upon you and he empowers you to do something, it's when you can't do it on your own and the blessing of God flows in your life and gives you the ability to do what you could not do without God. Can I tell you right now, the church needs the blessing of God. You need the blessing of God. I need the blessing of God. And I'm believing God for blessing in this season. Lord, bless me. First Chronicles chapter four, verse 10. Jabez cried to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Jabez prayed for blessing. And God said, yes. And if you're praying for blessing, I'm telling you, God's going to answer your prayer. Ezra chapter seven, verse nine says, for the good hand of his God was upon him. Come on, I want us to believe for that, that the good hand of God is going to be upon us, even in this season. Not just when everything's going right, but right now that you would have a testimony to the world that God's hand is upon me, his good hand is upon me in this moment. The blessing of God is protection, it's healing, it's favor, it's open doors, it's creativity, it's the presence of the Lord in your home, it's the leadership of the Holy Spirit, it's the reality of God for you and your family. Friend, God is not limited by what is happening around us. This is why we need the blessing of God because the blessing of God supersedes circumstance. It supersedes economies. It supersedes the world system. And we desperately need the blessing of God that we would not just survive this moment, but we would thrive in this moment. Genesis 26 verse 12 says that Isaac sowed in the land. Now this was during a time of famine and a time of drought. And in a time of famine and drought, the Bible said that Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him in the same year. I want to declare by faith, this is my word. I'm standing on this right now that no matter what has happened in 2020 up to this point, that we will reap in the same year. Oh man, I feel this is prophetic that we're going to, we're going to go into 2021. We're going to be in December, 2020, and we're going to, we're going to look back at March and April and wow, that was challenging. And wow, we didn't know how we were going to make it. And wow, that was, that was a moment of drought. That was a moment of famine, but in the same year, we reaped a hundredfold. And I, I prophesy, I declare by faith that we will enter 2021 this same year saying we've reaped. God has blessed us. I don't even know where it came from. Supernatural increase, open doors, favor. This year was looking so dark. It was looking so bleak. We did not know how we were going to get through the spring of 2020, but we kept sowing and we kept praying and we kept believing and we kept speaking God's word. I'm, t I'm talking to somebody right now. Don't you dare give up because in the same year, you're going to reap a harvest and we're going to celebrate in December, 2020. We're going to celebrate at the end of this year saying, 
we reaped. We saw the blessing of God. God blessed us in, the sa- in a year of drought and famine. In the same year, we saw a supernatural increase. In a year where this coronavirus has broken out, economies have tumbled. There's been so much uncertainty. We have seen the favor of the Lord. I know you're shouting wherever you're watching this right now, and I'm shouting with you right now, but I, I'm trying to keep it together because it's kind of weird because it's just you and me on the camera. But I'm telling you, can you hear this? Can you feel this? Isaac, can you get this in your spirit right now? I know the circumstances don't look right and they're not right, but believe God because God's blessing is greater than your circumstance. I got to give you one more. I'm done. Lord, let your will be done in me. Let your will be done in me. Jesus said that when we pray, we pray this way. Matthew 6, verse 10. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Let your will be done. Can I, I, let me just tell you right now, there is no virus in heaven. There is no recession in heaven. There is no lack in heaven. There is no sickness and disease in heaven. There is, an or, there is no foreclosure in heaven. Can I tell you, I want you to believe God for his will to be done in your life as it is in heaven, that God is going to protect you and sustain you through this season. Being in God's will, knowing God's will, fulfilling God's will is no doubt the most satisfying, joyful, peaceful place you could ever be. God's will is simply a daily yielding and surrendering to who he is and what he has for you. See, God's will is more about the day-to-day relationship you have with him. Because right now in our world, there's so much going on right now that is not God's will. And yet I am in God's will. (laughs) I'm in a crisis, but I'm also in God's will because I'm walking with him because I'm surrendering to who he is and what he has for me. And so though everything around me is so turbulent, I'm asking God, let your will be done in me, in my life, in our family. Lord, let your will be done and never be afraid of God's will. Um, I think so many times it can be so, people can be so afraid to surrender to the Lord. Can I just tell you, He's so good. He's got nothing but good for you. He's not trying to take from you, to destroy you, to harm you, to hurt you. There, uh, the, the old preachers used to say it like this. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. That is not just a churchy phrase or a preachy phrase. It is a real life statement. God is better to you than you could ever be to yourself. So we trust his will be done in us. Psalm 16, verse six says it like this. Lord, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I'm believing for that right now. All this crazy stuff going on around me, but the boundary lines you've set for me and my family, it's pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I'm believing that through this craziness that is all around us, 
we will have a testimony that God has placed us in a pleasant place. That our testimony would be God has given us a delightful inheritance. Wow. Lord, let your will be done in me. So now every day this week on Facebook and Instagram, we're going to go live and we're going to pray these prayers together. But I want this to become a part of your life. So these are prayers I pray every day. This is just a part of my life. Lord, change me. Lord, reveal your love to me. Lord, let your will be done in my life. Lord, bless me. These are, these are things that I pray all the time and I'm asking you to pray. I'm calling our church to pray and I'm calling you as an individual to pray and to believe God. Now, there are people watching this right now, you don't know Jesus. Can I tell you that's God's will for your life right now? That is God's number one objective for you. He wants to save you, forgive you and change you. And the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10 that if we would call upon the name of the Lord, he would save us. That if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for us and that he was raised from the dead, that God would save us. We don't earn salvation. We don't purchase salvation. We don't deserve salvation. We receive it as a free gift. So why don't you pray with me right now? I'm gonna pray a simple prayer and I'm gonna ask you to kind of repeat along with me, but even more importantly, from your own heart, why don't you just ask God right now to change your life and save you? Maybe you feel far from God. You've kind of backslidden. You've walked away. Well, it's time to come home. I want everyone to pray right now. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I put my trust in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I'm turning from my old life. I'm turning to you. And I declare with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Amen and amen. City Light Church, I love you. Uh, other friends who are watching this, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I'm believing that we're going to see the goodness of the Lord, even in this season. We're going to see God's sustaining hand. We're going to feel his awesome presence. And man, God is going to get the glory even out of moments like this. I know it. I know it. I know it. Keep your head up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't fear. Don't panic. Don't live in worry. And trust the Lord. I'm telling you, he's with you. In Jesus' name, God bless you guys.